0: Hello, and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Chris Delano. And I'm Carrie Thomas. And I am actually Chris Delano. I'm not Jay and Ellie. I am not lying to Can't you Can't pull this the switcheroo
1: this week, because uh, Mr. Jay and Ellie is out sick for now. Everybody else has other things to do, so they uh, pulled me in like Parcher and decided that I was the <laughs> final string backup <laughs> for... For this comic book filled episode of Magic the Gathering Comics.
0: Yeah, we're, we're doing another week on Boom Comics. We've got uh, issues 11 through 15 to talk about, which is a whole, uh, as they call it, volume of comics. Because they do like five issues per volume, apparently. Uh, so, big story arc happening. Uh, but before we delve into that, some news. Um We've got a Double Master 2 preview. Double Masters 2, Double Double Masters. Double Masters um. 2022. That's it's
1: cute that they tried to make it a two, <laughs> but no.
0: It's just there's a lot of twos in there. Uh previews are happening right now. We're we're not gonna talk about that set on this show. Um it's it's cool, lots of good art. I'm sure people will enjoy it. Uh you can like Come to our Discord and talk about it with us, but we're not going to do an episode on it because there's nothing to talk about. It's all reprints. If they want to um, put out a story for it,
1: I'll be more than happy to read. But for right now, it just seems to be um, Liliana and Aminatou and key art only. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, I mean, like, yeah, if they publish a story with Liliana and uh, uh, Aminatu, just like, Hanging out, I would read the hell out of that. We'd do an episode on that. That would be great. But uh we're not doing an episode on like, ooh, look at this, Dovin Bond got a flavor text mention. Not not worth it. It's cool, but talk about it in our Discord instead because <laughs> Yeah.
1: We've got we've got quite the few packed weeks coming up, so
0: Yeah, we've also uh, got a playmat that's on sale right now. Uh, all of the sales are being handled by Jay, of course, because you know. Why not? Uh, but if you uh, go to our Twitter, you can find out in more information. The playmats are uh, $20 with a $5 flat shipping fee for anywhere in the United States. Uh, if you are outside of the United States, you can talk to us and we'll uh, figure it out. Uh, if you are in, sorry, if you are in Russia, Ukraine, North Korea, or uh, Brazil, apparently, we, we cannot ship the playmat to you right now. Uh, but if you are in brazil we can probably figure something out yeah i feel Um,
1: like that is going to be a we will ship it to one of our houses and customs (laughs) ship it to you because like i just think that's a that's an issue with the distributor so yeah should be able to manage those just might be a little bit more finagling
0: yeah we got uh we're doing the stitched edges play It's gonna have those lovely stitched secure edges we're gonna uh, get our beautiful art by Andre Garcia. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited for it. Uh, but definitely reach out cuz there's there's not going to be like an infinite number of these. If you if you're listening to this podcast episode in the far future, there's a good chance they're all sold out. So it's
1: also that we only do merch runs like every 3 years. <laughs> we are
0: we <laughs> are not
1: cons- uh, consistently pumping out new merch or new merch ideas. We just have a little bit of extra money, want to throw it towards an artist and create some cool um, podcast memorabilia and playmats as infinite as they are. Um, you know, they're fun. They are, they are the best way to at least easily customize without having to resleeve your cards in your entire decks. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I always, um, I love our, our previous playmat. I got mine signed by everyone who's on it, uh, of course. And, it's a wonderful treat, and I love it. And people ask about it still, like, "Oh, how do I get a gas play mat?" And I'm like, "Well, if you were not one of the like 15 people on the Discord channel in 2019, you missed your chance." Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if you are uh, if you are one of the like slightly more than 15 this time, because we did order more uh, people who are interested, now is your chance to do it. If you don't do it now, there's a chance that you won't get one. Um, but that's not to, like, pressure people into it. It's fine if you don't want to play mat. It's They're all paid for. It's okay.
1: You either buy it this time or we'll never do any merch ever again. We're like a secret lair drop. It's just
0: <laughs> never,
1: you're never going to even see the playmats again. So,
0: secret layer, the Vorthos cast. Uh, <laughs> they will not come. They will not come with like a bonus card. I'm sorry.
1: If if, if it legitimately came down the road where like enough people wanted them, we can always order more. We can order single yeah. amounts if we really needed to. Um, we appreciate you guys representing us in your um, most likely commander games, but Magic: The Gathering <laughs> games, regardless. So, yeah um this one's this one's a fun way to get to slap cards down on all of our faces so
0: which is something you can't really do otherwise uh you know some of you could slap cards on my face i would i'd be okay with it just uh shoot me a dm we'll figure it out um, (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh this week we're talking boom comics so we've we've done a few episodes on boom before you should all be familiar with it it's a uh Boom is like a publisher of comics. It is not like the name of the comics. The comics are just named Magic. Uh, they are written by Jed McKay, who we've interviewed twice now, and we'll be interviewing again. I think at the end of this like ten issue series, well, issue twenty of the comics. Yeah, we'll
1: hopefully touch base with him.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on in these five issues, but I think we're gonna we're gonna put that one off for a little while, uh, so we can get a nice juicy conversation and. Uh, but they're, they're great. They are not canon to the main magic lore. Uh, we have to keep explaining that, but it is not a bad thing. It is actually a very good thing that they are not canon because they get to have their own sort of internal consistency, tell their own story. And it's great. Uh, but we're, we're going to kick it off, I think with, um, issue number 11. So like we, we ended issue 10 with a pretty big event, uh, <laughs> They, they killed Jace Bellerin. So spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't read the first 10 issues, uh, Jace kind of gets crunched by a giant Merit Lage um, or like splattered or something. The Merit Lage runs into Jace, kills him. Uh, the three planeswalkers who were the focus of issues one through 10, Kaya, Rao and Vraska planeswalk back to Ravnica and find that the people there are not happy to see them. So we pick up issue 11 three months later. Uh, Jace is dead, Chandra, who is, for some reason, we just kind of pick up with Chandra, and she's in the ruins of the Stronghold in Urborg, which was cool. You know, the abandoned uh, Stronghold, which was the Cabal Stronghold in the Dominaria story, but I guess with the death of Belzenlock, they kind of... pieced out. Left. pieced out, yeah. Not really a happy place to be in, so I imagine people didn't want to stay around. Not tactically uh, she- advantageous for
1: anything other than being a stronghold it is <laughs> yeah. it is in erborg like the swampiest area on dominaria that's just kind of like littered with bodies might be fun might be your jam but um yeah
0: they they need to elect a new elder demon to drain the swamp is what they do. <laughs> no, um anyways <laughs> uh, they chandra's in the, the stronghold and we get like a flashback to to right after jace's death where she has this, like, really nice heart-to-heart with Teferi about what Jace meant to her uh, as, like, a friend and as a mentor and as a planeswalker. Uh, she tries to planeswalk to Ravnica to go check on Kaia Vraska and Ral, and she can't. And so she uh, ends up going to the Stronghold to see if she can find some answers for how to get to Ravnica. Because, hey, the Stronghold has planeswalked before. <laughs> it was on Wrath, and now it's on Dominaria. So she, I mean, like it makes sense. The logic makes sense that there might be some way at the stronghold to get to Ravnica. Um, but sadly she doesn't find that instead she finds, uh, Tybalt and Davriel Kane. Yeah. That's a question mark. It's Davriel Kane. Who's just in the stronghold working with Tybalt. Uh, they have this like really great rapport between each other. It's very funny. Um, honestly, like a highlight of these five issues has been Davriel and Tybalt talking to each other. Uh, but she, of course, being Chandra, she just starts fighting them. She headbutts Tybalt, which is incredible. Um, Tybalt's stick in comics seems to be getting hit really hard by Chandra. Um, Davriel like, uses a spell that he got from an Inquisitor in Innistrad to like basically subdue Chandra. Uh, and it looks pretty bad for her. Tybalt's talking about taking off her face. And then suddenly, Garak. He's here. <laughs> um, he comes in from the shadows because somehow the giant hulking Garrick Wildspeaker can just sneak around the stronghold. Uh, he's a master hunter, so it makes sense. Sure. Uh, he cuts off Tybalt's tail, which is a lovely little detail. Uh, it's not looking good for Tybalt or Davriel. So they throw a switch and cause a flowstone landslide right towards a village that's at the bottom of this like cliff around Erborg um they then peace out Tybalt has some really great lines at Chandra uh about like this is her fault because you know everyone's gonna die and Chandra can't save them uh Chandra of course wants to save them and Garrick is like no nah, I'm good he just he just kind of is like this isn't my responsibility I'm not gonna help uh he didn't press the button like yeah what does have to do here well, I mean, like, he's like, I'm not going to help you. And then Chandra is like, fine, I'll do it myself. And she runs sort of headfirst to, like, stop this flowstone. And then Garrick shows up and is like, actually, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to help you. Um, I think Garrick just kind of sees Chandra doing something. is like, you know, I, I think uh, maybe I should get involved. Um, he offers to go evacuate the village because he can ride his little Urborg panther that he has really fast. And... Uh, Go save the people in the village while Chandra decides that she's going to do what she always does, which is burn the flowstone. <laughs> so she uh, summons a big inferno. She burns all the flowstone. It uh, stops. Garrick is like, "Hey, I saw you stop it, so I didn't even go down to the village. We're all good." And they're commiserating for a second, and then a piece of flowstone like rises up and turns sharp and goes to kill Chandra. Like it has a mind of its own and is like, "Screw you, pyromancer." Uh, and right before it hits her, she's saved by N- Nico Aris, who is also here. <laughs> uh, they are—they show up to save Chandra and explain that they're looking for Kaya because they're being hunted by some specter of death. And the only person they know who can, you know, get rid of specters of death is the ghost assassin herself, Kaya. And that's uh, issue 11, setting us up with our main three, our new trio. Garok returns to comics <laughs> once again and Chandra <laughs> returns to comics actually um, Chandra has had more comics than I think anyone else in Magic at this point yeah
1: I mean she got she got the original webcomics series and then got IDW run didn't show up in the dark fade and IDW run but got her own IDW run um, ironically that IDW run was going to include Trials of Alara which would be her and Jace teaming up on Alara, but instead she pops in here only, only essentially when Jace is dead, um, to kind of, um, you know, mourn his loss. But it is, yeah, it is nice seeing both Garuk and Chandra in comics just because, um, like Garuk, pretty much his only major actual story involvement was Eldrain. So if you didn't really read or care about Eldrain for the most part, this is kind of your exposure to the character. Um but yeah, like he he has about the attitude that you would expect from him. Um yeah, I can't really say much about Tybalt and Davriel without touching on stuff from the later <laughs> issues, but uh,
0: They're they're very good.
1: Nico Eris kind of hopping in and just being like, oh, I'm literally being haunted um, <laughs> is perfect Perfect setup for um, the next five issues of story, well really ten issues, because I'm sure they'll follow through on the entirety of it,
0: but it, it was an unlikely trio that I absolutely did not see coming. And then, uh, we got like a key piece of art with Chandra and Garrick. And I was like, Whoa, that's a crazy callback to like two of the OG planeswalkers. And like, I was like, that's really cool. Now who's this third person? And then finding out it was Nico was just like, I was like, I, I incredible. I love it. Um, Nico is incredibly well done. They're very fun in the stories. Uh, their characterization fits like perfectly with their story, their character in the, uh, kaldheim stories so big big fan of this trio yeah i'll hold i'll hold my tongue on Mm -hmm. further
1: praises (laughs) because Mm -hmm. i i really do think like the comic format that they have chosen and i guess more specifically like their flexibility with the comics have just like let them do a lot more interesting things than they would have been able to do otherwise and part of that is pulling in very recent planeswalkers, and very, very recent planes um, to just kind of touch on, like even just for a second. Um, But yeah, and then we continue on to issue 12. Um, Most of issue 12 is honestly just Chandra, Grook, and Nico um, doing some exposition. Um, Chandra explains that she is there at the Stronghold trying to figure out a way to access Ravnica because when she tries to planeswalk to Ravnica, she gets spit out literally anywhere else in the multiverse. And in the story of Azkoria, but yeah, and then she knows that the planeswalkers are assumingly trapped there, but doesn't exactly know what the status of them if they're alive or dead in that situation. Um, Nico is looking for Kaia um, to help with their specter of death that is haunting them. And the specter of death is just like literally just that. It is um, (laughs) not described much further and not really shown because, as we will see later, um, possibly returning person. But, yeah, and had, obviously, the encounter with Kaya, they're able to pick up on the Kaldheim meeting and be like, well, Nico's having this problem with a ghost, so of course they're going to go to Kaya, or try to seek out Kaya to help fight this ghost, or help um, dismiss the specter of death that is looming over their every waking moment, and
0: thought. <laughs> because <laughs> they do fear death. I mean, when you're, you're being bothered by a ghost, who are you going to call? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um... Hopefully, neither of the reboots. Well, actually, I don't actually feel that strongly about Ghostbusters as all, so. um And Grook wants to kill Tybalt because he killed, uh, Pegasus. Like, pretty, pretty simple. Um, Garuk has the most, um, possibly silly, but true to green aligned planeswalker motivation which is like hey this person's being an actual terror against nature um like i recognize that there's a natural order to things and things live and things die and like there are cycles in life but um he's kind of just fucking things up pretty bad (laughs) and like i can't imagine it's like actually that it's not devastating the ecosystems of the plains or anything, but it is just, like, really stupid, and it's one of those things where you're just, like, I guess if I was Garruk and I had a big axe and I could go after and kill this person, then I might, like, put a week's worth of effort into doing so. <laughs> um, I mean, if I feel that strongly about this stuff, but, yeah, it's, it's not anything earth shattering it is quite literally just being an asshole nature which
0: people are well familiar with there's like a really good line where Garrick is explaining it and he's like uh, he's talking about why he hates tybalt so much and he says that uh he, he slaughters that which is wild and beautiful not for food not to defend himself purely because it is wild and beautiful purely for the sake of cruelty uh so um yeah Garrick's just he just wants to kill Tybalt because Tybalt's a little shit. That's, that is the full explanation. Uh, and I can't really blame him for that.
1: I think it's as much of an explanation as a mono green planeswalker probably <laughs> needs in that situation. <laughs> um, but they all decide to work together and they head to Zendikar and to Amiria on Zendikar um, to kind of look for further answers. But meanwhile, we cut away and we get to see Tybalt and Davriel who are returning from their botched encounter and fighting with each other a little bit. Um, it's, it's fun to see two henchmen losing like these, Mm -hmm. these dudes have a brain cell to rub between them. (laughs) They, They use it to fight with each other. Um, possibly in front of their um boss but they do get to uh meet with their mysterious benefactor and it is robo niv mizzet yeah the big the big robotic dragon remember when issue one came out and everybody said why is he a robotic dragon well he's evil that's why (laughs) (laughs) There may be more nuance to it to be revealed in the remaining issues, but uh, <laughs> he is—he's evil. That's why he's metal. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Tibble and Devriel are commanded to kneel by Robo visit, and um, the plot thickens because, yeah, literally nobody was expecting this. <laughs>
0: There's, like, a big reveal at the end of, like, every other issue in this arc so far. Yeah, but it's It's all, like... pretty incredible.
1: It's all relatively well smoothed together. It's not, like, anything jarring, and it's not um, unexpected. It's just kind of like, oh, it's appreciated. Like, they managed to pull that off. And even if you did suspect that something was coming, um, like, it's still entertaining. It is more entertaining than many 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 other magic the gathering comics like probably not until you got back to armada where they were just kind of doing like the initial world building for the multiverse through the comics like idw attempts were entertaining but in a um not necessarily in a comic booky way and i think that's probably why boom has succeeded a little bit more with comic book fans who are interested in magic the gathering stuff Rather than purely on Magic the Gathering as a fan base alone to sustain their comics, so
0: I just i I think that these comics, this arc is like really being put together well. Where every big reveal and every like intricacy that we discover, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That that fits that, and I understand that. And like, I think that uh, that is an important thing in making good comics. Is just like. They reveal it's robo-Niv-Mizzet, and at the same time as me being honestly surprised, when I read that, I went, whoa, what? I think I, like, sent a message in our group chat saying <laughs> yeah. something like, what the hell? Because um, I was not expecting it, and then the moment I sat with it, I was like, wait, no, this makes total sense. Like, of course it's niv Like, I was then like, oh, there can't be another villain. Um, and it's not like they just, like, were like, oh, suddenly – Yogmoth has returned somehow or like it was just like oh okay we're sticking with the internal consistency of these comics and saying hey the big bad is actually a character you have already met before uh and it kind of fits with their characterization so really like that um but then we get issue 13 (coughs) but uh but then we get issue 13 and issue 13 is very very fun for the first few like pages of it like I I kind of sum up the first few pages just by saying, like, uh, Chandra, Garrick and Nico sort of navigate the traps of Amiria and they, um, it's very fun. It's a very well done comic. It's funny. It's like beautifully like illustrated, uh, watching Nico like dodge traps and like Chandra and Garrick sort of navigate the dangers of Amiria in their own way is very fun. Um, by the way, they're in Amiria because they think like, hey, we ran into Tybalt and Davriel in this ancient ruin on Dominaria. Where else could they be? What about another ancient ruin? Let's go to Zendikar. Um, the logic there is absolutely ridiculous. I thought it was very funny and it works out because, of course, uh, Garrick smells Tybalt because it's not hard to smell Tybalt because <laughs> he's a stinky boy. Um, but uh, he, he catches the scent of Tybalt. Uh, Tybalt and Davriel are there and you might think if you were Chandra, Nico and Garrick that they're there because like they're in another ancient ruin. But I think we kind of know that they're there because they're, they were trying to find these three planeswalkers to kill them. Um, they are there to get rid of these meddling kids and, uh, Davriel summons like a big spirit and he's like using a mage spell to like summon a bunch of spirits to attack the trio. Uh, and they are fighting it off pretty easily so then he like pours a bunch more power into the spell and he calls all of the spirits around the ruins. Uh, turns out, of course, as we discussed earlier, Nico is being haunted by a specter of death. And so that spirit sort of manifests in front of them. And, uh, Nico, like it whispers something to Nico and it's very scary looking. It's a very scary moment. Tybalt and Davriel take this moment to escape because like Garrick is about to kill them. Uh, Turns out it whispered to Nico, uh, save me, save Ravnica. And so, like, you spend the first couple issues thinking that Nico is being haunted by the specter of death that's trying to kill them. Turns out it's asking for Nico's help. So uh, they escape and then they're sort of talking about the spirit and what it said to them. And uh, Garrick then suggests, hey, if this dead thing can't help them, uh, maybe they'll make it live again using the Cauldron of Eternity on Eldraine. Which is a callback to how Garrick's curse was lifted in the Wildered Quest. So, like, I thought that was good. <laughs> we, we, Garrick has an association with Eldraine. We're going back to Eldraine. We're gonna figure out how to solve this problem by bringing this specter of death back to life. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah.
1: Like, aside from them picking a cast that for for this first five issues of the second arc, aside from them picking a cast to already had ties to relatively recent sets. Um well Chandra has ties to Zendikar beyond um what has gone on here, but Nico having ties to um Call Time and to Theros and Gorok having ties to Aldrain, it kind of rounds out the touch points for recent stuff that they can have access to. And yeah. Cauldron of Eternity is, <laughs> is perfectly perfectly on the board for being able to hop in and try to access um, it is it's also nice like the recency aside to have a relatively fresh cast that is separate from the first arc of Planeswalkers um, not only because it just gives people a break but it really does like showcase the depth of how wide they can go with the comic book roster they can have davriel and tybalt as villains and they can have chandra Nico, and um, garuk as the heroes in the story and hop around to a billion different planes if they need to even if it's for albeit a little bit nonsensical reasons of going to zendikar on a lead and then just being cornered on zendikar for the fact that you're on zendikar and they do want (laughs) to kill you (laughs) um but yeah exactly it's like they are not afraid to use up worlds and use up characters um not in the physical like killing sense as they did with Mm -hmm. jace but it's just very very nice to see a stab taken at magic the gathering comics that is so kind of fearless and a little reckless with (laughs) who they want to pull in and when they want to pull them in.
0: Yeah. I I think fearless is a great way to describe it because it's like, they like Jed just kind of sat down and said like, Hey, uh, I'm going to make the first arc all about Merit Lage. Uh, But we're also going to use like the recent planeswalkers who we all met and like spent a lot of time with during the war of the spark arc. So like Raska, Kaya and Rao are the main characters who were all like, relatively new-ish if you compare them to like the other planeswalkers who are available uh and use them as the main characters for the story and it was really cool and really good the story about this ancient villain and now it's like in this new arc we've got Chandra and Garrick, who are two of like the Lorwyn five you know pretty pretty established planeswalker characters running around with Nico Aris who like they premiered in a set like a year, year?
1: Yeah, exactly. a, year, a year or two ago yeah exactly like not that like, long
0: ago and i think in the next
1: issue they even like jump to kamagawa for a second like show a snapshot yeah. on kamagawa but it's like they can just do this because they're mm-hmm. free to like i i assume boom has a lot more freedoms on the other comic people did um but it's also just like the idea of approach like here judd have this hands off Jed and co-writers of the spin-off series have this mm-hmm. hands off from us. Um, you get to do basically whatever you want. Um, maybe we'll jump in at some point to do something cool. But for the most part, like you just get to have access to
0: publicly available information and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Well, one one other thing is that they, what makes this so separate from the mainline magic story in some of the comics of the past is that, they jump, like you said, to, like, multiple different planes in issue. Yeah! So, like, we have this fun stuff happening on on uh, Zendikar, and then at the end of it, they're on Eldraine, and at points during the story, it'll show them, like, talking about, like, something that happened on Theros, or something that happened on Akoria, and it's just, like, a quick jump over there, and then jumping back. And it's, like, we don't get that a lot in main magic story. It all kind of takes place on the same plane, usually. Like... Kamagawa took place on Kamagawa, yeah <laughs> the whole time uh innistrad took place on innistrad the whole time and it was like they were there and we didn't even really get scenes with characters on other planes and now it's like come read this comic where they're all over the multiverse all the time yeah you can do deep pools like the stronghold and you can
1: have davriel and tybalt there because those are the two bastards you wanted to pick (laughs) pick off the roster to um make into villains this time but yeah yeah exactly it just feels like it feels like a step above planeswalker novels and i loved planeswalker novel series because you didn't like you were more focused on the characters themselves and the fact that they were a planeswalker was just like an additional feature because it meant that you got to jump from setting to setting and i think a lot of the problems with doing that in the past have been i'm guessing that they honestly just didn't have the resources organized enough for people to feel comfortable um doing those kind of rapid shifts like like being able to shift from world to world because it obviously takes a lot of artistic dedication to even like catch a quick glimpse of Icaria like you still have to make monsters that would fit into that world but like this one just kind of takes it wholesale and is just like okay we're going to make direct card art references in the comic books Mm -hmm. um because like that is what people will know and what people will connect to and if we try to do anything too inventive with it it has to be for a good reason that we're spending time on this world
0: so yeah yeah and just just thinking about how these first three issues of this arc like go from the stronghold and flowstone to talking about the cauldron of eternity on on eldraine and just how much of a whiplash that is for like someone who's been a fan of magic for years and be like ah oh, yes the the callback to the you know volroth stronghold one of the centers <laughs> of the the invasion arc storyline to like this novella that came out a few years ago set on a fairy tale plane. Um, but yeah, anyways, issue four, we should move on to issue 14. Yeah. So we don't, yeah. Issue 14
1: is the, um, quote, personal battles issue (laughs) where everybody is trying to reach the cauldron of eternity and they each need to go through their own trials and tribulations to get there. Um, Chandra, Nico and Guruk, are traversing the swamps of Aldrain, searching for the Cauldron of Eternity. Um, they kind of get split off into their own magical world so that they can have their own encounters and face their fears and conquer those fears. But Chandra gets to see the, quote, ghosts of her friends on Ravnica who led her to believe that she had failed and they had died, those three being um, Vraska, Rao, and Kaya,
0: who are... Possibly dead, possibly not dead. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. This could be seeing, she could have been actually seeing girl ghosts. We, we don't know. So Nico sees uh, Clothis, who has caught them in her web of fate
1: and subordinating, subordinating that. Wow, that's a word subordinating them to their destiny. Um, the one thing that they had worked to escape to, in order to ascend the planeswalker hood. Um, And Grook sees his father, his father being, like, one-to-one modeled from the web comics, which are (laughs) over a decade old at this point. Again, like, you just get to have cool references like that, where it's like, hey, we know we only showed his father once, and it was for one story, but we're still going to be accurate to that model for it. Because, like, why try to reinvent the wheel? Let's make it cute. Let's make it something that people will recognize if they have been a longtime magic fan or big enough fan of garuk um garuk sees his father who calls him a monster and then is attacked by um chandra and Nico, who also call him a monster but yeah the three of them each steal themselves against these visions and um deny them they say no and like, having faith in themselves and determination in their mission, and they are rewarded by the cauldron itself. Um, The cauldron looks into their mind for a second and says, I know what you're looking for. You're looking to uh, make a ghost a little bit more real. (laughs) And uh, crawling out of the cauldron very slowly, you get uh, the specter of death who Chandra recognizes, and also Garuk recognizes, but more importantly, Chandra recognizes, because it's kind of like a big deal in the recent past. It is Jace Valerian, ghost speaker, ghost planeswalker, (laughs) ghost person. Um, Except, yeah, he's still the ghost. He didn't get to flesh up this time. (laughs) Uh, But he is able to communicate with them. He has been pulled into a more corporeal form and is excited to tell them about all of his exploits
0: in the ghost world after mm-hmm. his death to Merit Lage. So, yeah. Uh, big reveal at the end of episode 14. We had a big reveal at the end of 12. We have a big reveal at 14. I'm expecting another big reveal. Uh, I mean, there's one in 15, but I'm expecting another one. In 16. <laughs> um, I will say... Uh, issue 14 might have been my favorite of the boom comics. It is first of all, beautifully illustrated like Ig who who did all of the art. It just did an incredible job. It's beautiful. The compositions are great. Uh, and I know that's like the comp, you know, composing a, a comic book page is like writer and artist together. And they just knocked out of the park. Um, the scenes with like, Clothis are amazing. I think I like screenshot when Clothis shows up and like sent that to people just being like, look at this. This is so good. Um, The writing is incredible. It's really well like fleshing out these characters very well. You get like a whole monologue from Nico that is just really inspiring in a lot of ways. Um, There's also like the iconic page where Garrick, Chandra and Nico all say no to these like visions that they're having and they turn around and fight back against the fact that like Garruk knows that he's not a monster. And Chandra knows that like, she would never have just let someone die. She, she didn't, she would have saved Jace if she ever could have, and she'll save her friends. And Nico is like, you know, you can, you don't understand me. You don't understand people at all. You don't know that I would die before I ever submitted to your webs of fate. Um, It's just really good. And then another thing I really like about this one and like what makes it one of my favorite is that you have this like narrator voice throughout all of issue 14 and it doesn't really explain like who it is. You just see this sort of narrator popping up and then it's revealed at the very end that it is actually the Cauldron of Eternity speaking as the narrator for the whole issue.
1: Which I mean, we'll have to take that up with Mark Rosewater because it is only an artifact and not an artifact creature. Um, and then, if they want to, <laughs> if they want to depict it accurately, if they have any semblance of care for continuity, then um, I think they would need to do an alchemy all drain and make it an artifact creature. And uh, I, I can't even pretend to know what these sets are called. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I yeah. just remember this is a different canon. So, like in this canon, the Cauldron of Attorney is an artifact creature. Mm. Okay, Um, And the creature type is just cauldron because that's a creature type in this canon. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Issue 14, probably my favorite of all 15 we've had so far. Um, I think I like said, holy shit, so many times reading it because it was just so beautiful and the writing was so good that I just like couldn't help myself. Um, Really good issue. But anyways, that leads us to issue 15. Unless you have any other thoughts about issue 14, let's wrap up this like half arc that we're on. Um, because issue 15 is just like the issue of revelations, um, where we kind of figure out what's happening and what's been going on so far. Uh, it picks up and it's, uh, it's the Joseph, uh, the Jost, the Jost, Jost of um, Geist Bellerin, more like it. Uh, but anyways, uh, Jace, the ghost speaker is telling, uh, Chandra, Guruk, and Nico about, like what happened and so uh he explains that while uh, everyone was on amonkhet fighting apparently robo niv mizzet called an emergency meeting of the guild pack and declared planeswalkers too dangerous for the plane and outlawed them and then we get to see uh kaya ral and vraska show up after amonkhet and like we know at the end of issue 10 that like they were kind of on dicey terms and weren't really friendly with each other because of everything that happened and they showed up and like immediately get jumped by a bunch of uh plane bound citizens (laughs) yeah citizens who are like gonna you know who are like yelling at them and they're like oh should we fight back and ral is like i'm not worried by like some rabble uh and then the boros angels show up including aurelia herself and they're like hey we're here to arrest you you're not guild leaders anymore we had the guild pact has decided you're like not allowed here planeswalkers no more none on, on ravnica which honestly Makes sense. I honestly, too, would also uh, have some conversations about planeswalkers on Ravnica after uh, War of the Spark. And then like, hey, I know it's only been a little while, but there's also a comet filled with evil cult monster uh, coming towards your plane. And it's all because of planeswalkers yet again. So, um, yeah, Robo Niv has outlawed planeswalkers and Aurelia is here to arrest them. And you know that they're not going to go down without a fight. And so Kaya, Raul, and Vraska start fighting back against the angels and the Boros, and uh Vraska straight up kills Aurelia. <laughs> she 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 petrifies Aurelia, she turns her to stone. And there was a huge discussion when this issue released on our Discord about whether or not that was Aurelia. It is a hundred percent Aurelia.
1: Yeah. Again, you just kinda do get to have fun. <laughs> like, like they might want to preserve Aurelia for some story reason in the future. Here, she's
0: very, very expendable because she doesn't need to be carded. <laughs> nope. She uh, she gets turned to stone and Braska kills the second of her uh, white-aligned guild masters. <laughs> so she's killed uh, Aspira and now Aurelia. Uh, she's only got two more to go. There's Tristani and uh, Kaya's got to watch out because <laughs> Braska seems to uh, have a type when it comes to guild leaders she's killing. I feel like Tristani would be really, really easy to kill. Like,
1: not to be like, you're literally a tree, but, like, come on. I, well, actually, to be fair, um, Sifa Grunt, the Planeswalker, did lead an attack against Tristani, or against the Selesnia World Tree, and did fail at that. Um, so, maybe a little more difficult, but at the same time, like, you do have a petrifying gaze, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, we know that Kaya has the ability to destroy any permanent, because, you know, she can cast, uh, uh whatchamacallit, um... Oh, no,
1: I can't remember. I can't remember cards from two uh, years ago. Maelstrom Pulse? <laughs> Is it Maelstrom Pulse? No, no, it's the, um, black, black, white, white one, right?
0: No, black, black, green, green. I'm thinking, uh... Well, she can black, green. She can Assassin's Trophy, that's true. She can cast Assassin's oh, Trophy. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, I was so thinking Kaya. Take out Kaya's
1: abilities, that was my bad. Yeah.
0: Um... Anyways, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really cool that Vraska just gets to kill Aurelia in the comics. And it's just a beautifully done sequence. The fight scenes are really cool. Uh, It's fun watching the fight unfold because it's like Ral and Kaya are like doing all this like lightning and ghost assassin stuff and like fighting these angels. And like you just see in every panel Vraska and Aurelia 1v1ing each other. And like the whole time, it's just Vraska like winning that fight. (laughs) handily <laughs> <laughs> So uh they fight uh ends up getting broken up by Niv mizzet who or excuse me Robo Niv. Important distinction at this point and you'll learn why. Uh Robo Niv shows up and you know finishes the fight and arrests the three of them. Uh Jace explains that uh, as a ghost he kind of reached out and like communicated with spirits and when he was on Ravnica he communicated with the only spirit on the plane that he knew. Uh which i thought was uh agris uh not that one um but anyways that's a deep dive uh but the spirit that he communicates with explains that robo niv Mizzet uh actually under the control of tezzeret what and yeah tezzeret who would expect a robot to be under the control of tezzeret this is this is one of those big like reveals where i went what and then went oh yeah no that makes total sense that actually checks out really well dare i say <laughs> it chris the imposter was sus <laughs> like
1: we should have known there is something up with robo niv visit from the start but we were we were willing to give some flexibility on the creative oh. freedoms of the comics but of course um you know there couldn't be a robot without. <sighs> a little, tiny, greasy, um, sometimes naked, sometimes illusioning clothes on himself. Man controlling the <laughs> dragon. So
0: uh, the god Tezzeret. Yeah. Um and uh, Tezzeret has also reconfigured the Immortal Sun to basically like act as a planeswalker gate, which is why Chandra cannot get to Ravnica, and the three planeswalkers on Ravnica can't get out. They are stuck there and there's a... But there there has to be some sort of gate because Tybalt and Davriel are able to go in and out, uh, as we saw earlier. And uh, we also find out that the spirit that Jace is communicating with, the actual spirit of Niv-Mizzet, the non-robo-Niv-Mizzet. Yeah. So, like, once that was revealed, I was like, this makes total sense because, like, obviously in this version of the story, in this canon... The Niv Mizzet who comes back after being killed by Bolus and co- doesn't actually get control of the robot body that was built because Tezzeret was involved somehow, and Tezzeret of course would do that. So just it all made sense. Um, but Robo Niv Mizzet is evil. Spirit Niv Mizzet apparently is helping Jace, uh, and there's there's still a lot of questions and like problems to solve. And so the trio of Garrick Chandra and Nico, mostly Chandra. Decide that, hey, the best way to get answers here is to stop hunting Tybalt because Tybalt is just a nasty little man who doesn't know anything and he's not worth their time. But what they can do is go talk to Davriel Kane on Innistrad at Greystone Manor, which I am so excited about issue 16 because we get to go back to Davriel's house on Innistrad. And you're telling me that we will
1: we both get to see Davriel's house up to this point. Probably unpainted. I think they, like, mentioned him in a flavor text on a command tower, but it didn't really confirm that the command tower was his mansion or anything. But, like, we get to see his manor from Children of the Nameless in artwork and acknowledged, and we are very, very likely to see named demon servants of his working in the manor when they (laughs) inevitably... Boston next issue, it is, yeah. Like this is this is everything you could want from a Magic the Gathering.
0: <laughs> it's like it's doing that thing where it's like, hey, guess what? Your favorite longtime characters of Jace bellerin Chandra nilar and Garrick Wildspeaker, also Nico Aeres and Davriel Kane, who are like recent introductions to Magic story and are also like fan favorites who don't have a lot about them yet. Yeah, because like. Nico is really new and Davriel was invented in a story that should be published on the magic story page, but is not for some reason you can read it in German. Apparently Um, (laughs) just got to bring back my, my cry for children of the nameless to be put back on the website.
1: Well, what I will say is that um, I'm interested to see, I guess how war of the spark went down in this universe, because like, Having the having a contingency plan of like oh and also Niv's going to build himself a robotic body that he's going to inhabit after he dies in the fight against Nicol Bolas whatever okay like that yeah. was that was loosely parallel to the plan yeah. but the idea that like Tezzeret would gambit his entire plan for post bolas life in the multiverse on having control of niv body. (laughs) Like, it's very, very strange, because I'm guessing Tezzeret would have, I mean, in Tezzeret's infinite wisdom, because he knows all the schemes and machinations of the multiverse, of course he would know that Bolas would fail and he would survive. But it's like, you were kind of banking like the entire war on... Um, you having control of a robot body?
0: Uh, yeah, I I think that uh, if there's anything that makes sense in a Magic the Gathering story, it is Tezzeret doing something incredibly dumb and somehow getting away with it. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense. We're like, it's just oh, like yeah. that's my lowest priority: is taking
1: control mm-hmm. of somebody else's body in the middle of a war where I'm probably going to die. Like, I understand he was helping Bolas. We
0: don't know necessarily if, like, he... I don't think the comic explains if he always had control over Roboniv, or if he, like, wrested control of Roboniv away from the spirit. I feel
1: like he would have always had to have had control, because it's like, that's a little weird to kind of hijack. Well, I mean, not weird for Tezzeret, maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll cede that point because I guess Ooh. if you wanted to hack and evict Ghost niv into the multiverse um, that's a little strange. I won't even touch on multiverse afterlife or what the implications are here but
0: Oof. interesting. Because yeah, these, these ghosts be planeswalking um, which is just not a thing that happens in regular magic story but is a thing that can happen in the Boom comics which makes Kaya's Powers a little bit different, I guess. Um, but no, we won't we won't talk about that because it's uh we've we've talked enough today. I think um, if uh, my my only thoughts on these comics and the thing I want to share before we like wrap up and go to our final thoughts is uh they're not canon. They are not canon. They are still really good reads for anyone who likes magic story. Uh, people who say that they don't want to read them because they're not canon or get disappointed when they find out they're not canon you are robbing yourself of an opportunity to actually read like really good story and really good comic books um just because they things that are happening in these comics don't actually happen in the main story don't it doesn't matter they're still worth reading it's still good
1: and comparably as a hobby one comic a month is probably a little bit cheaper
0: than (laughs) whatever you're paying for magic the gathering cards oh my god yeah like I actually mostly buy these comics like twice, sometimes three times because I don't want to wait. So I buy it on my phone (laughs) to read it at like midnight when it comes out. Um, And then I'll go to my local friendly comic shop, uh, which is infinite realities in Tucker Georgia right now. Very good shop. Um, But I go there and pick up a copy of the issue as well. And then sometimes if I see like some of the fancy covers, some of the alt covers, I'll pick up like two copies So that I have the fancy cover and a regular one. And yeah, so I've got like multiple copies of some of these issues. Still cheaper than buying like one collector booster.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the important thing for
0: skill when I consider
1: literally any hobby against Magic the Gathering. (laughs) Um, It is is a fun game. But even when I was paying um, for one pre-release per standard set... I was probably paying more per year in total than I would for 12 months of these issues. And um, yeah, I don't know. They're just doing a legitimately good job delivering everything on time. Um, my one actual note is, please, for the love of God, Wizards of the Coast, make a fucking secret lair. Like, make a secret lair. I do not give a shit if it is mana strike and it is going to cease server operation in two days, you can still make a secret layer. lair. Like, I, it is to the point where I'm just like, if you want to promote awareness that these comics exist, then you could put any number of comic-style art. If you didn't want to do the mm-hmm. Arcane route and literally take screenshots from the comics and put them <laughs> onto your cards or screenshots from the show, in Arcane's case, you can just commission the art in a similar style and put it on the cards and put it on some interesting cards that make sense that i guess commander players will play because that's the only thing that matters anymore (laughs) if you ship them out and at least people are aware that it exists um i i banged this drum back when we were covering the original stuff and even back when we were talking about magic legends like If you want to make people aware that this cool licensed Magic the Gathering thing exists, then I guarantee you can dedicate one out of your 120 slots per year for a secret (laughs) lair and put like five cards and cool, that'd be fine. Not to dip too deep into the parallel comics, but there are other comics with new Planeswalker characters who have not appeared on cards before. And how cool would mm-hmm. it be if you were able to
0: introduce those characters on cards? Like it is spoiler spoiler alert for the hidden planeswalker. Spoiler
1: but, uh, alert! A, I yeah the <laughs> hidden plane. I the hidden planeswalker made it decently transparent that um, mm-hmm. there was a planeswalker who was hidden, and now it has turned out that they're um, brand new character. Brand new character, and it is the fact that like you could be doing the cool Dak fade on thing but on demand and much 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 faster and Mm -hmm. it is still not happening and i'm just like i'm at a point where i'm just begging begging there to be secret layers because the more awareness you have of these comics the more people just get to enjoy them and like it is just win-win like you're going to use those slots on secret layers anyways why not do something cool
0: it is uh A perfect opportunity also for that new Planeswalker. You make a universes beyond version where it's that Planeswalker, but they're in, you know, the boom comic style. And then you get to put a Planeswalker in set boosters when you make the universes within version. Yeah. You can even make it like an entire, like you can do whatever you want. You can put them in the list at like Mm -hmm. the most super duper
1: absurdly boosted common rarity just so (laughs) that versions exist. I don't care if it's, planeswalker deck level of over cost (laughs) it is it is the matter of like if you are going to be introducing cool new characters or doing cool stuff like merit lage's return then like you can afford a dark depths promo card in a secret layer and make it like extra epic and i think that should have been done Mm -hmm. after issue 10 when that arc came to culmination But now, please do it at issue 20. Do it, what is that, like five months from now, so around November? Do it then. And I guarantee, like, it at least increases the awareness of the comics existing and doing really, really cool stuff and, like, gives people a taste of the depth that um, Jed and the rest of the team
0: are, like, digging into to kind of appreciate Magic's rich history. So. I mean, they keep selling comics. They they keep releasing spinoffs. We've got the one with Seanan Ooh, McGuire yeah. with a Johnny, which I'm very excited, so excited about. Um, but that like, so clearly these comics are not like a dud. Like people are liking them and buying them. But like, there are so many people who would who, if you released a Secret Layer, would be exposed to these comics for the first time. And there's so many people who love these comics who would jump at the chance to buy a Secret Layer. I don't even care if it's got like copies of like dina soul steeper you know or like priest of or a uh, cultist of merit lage or some like old yeah. that don't see any play like i don't care i just want to buy the secret layer with the really cool boom studios art uh and call it a day because there
1: are just people who are more fanatic about this than the main story i'll be honest <laughs> like it's not the majority of magic story fans i talk to but there are people who rely on the magic boom studio comics as a lifeblood um, that is a-okay and i just um want to see them be able to enjoy that especially in the card game that like has such a very very easy access route to making that
0: possible yeah it is uh i will say i love magic's main story the writing is always very good it's always exciting to get new main story but sometimes it feels kind of like a job because there's so much canon and history to it and it's like when I read a magic story from the mainline story now, it's not just like a, Oh, I'm reading this thing that I'm really enjoying, which I am really enjoying it. But it's like, it's not like a fun, exciting thing to me as much as uh, it's like a thing that I'm doing because I like it. And also because like I have to, Um, but with boom comics, I'm like hyped about release date. Like boom comics are one of my favorite things in magic story right now. Cause it's just like, I'm like looking at my calendar, like, Oh, is it boom week? No. Oh, when's that, you know, I'm like, waiting for the new Ajani one for the next Hidden Planeswalker like almost with more anticipation than dominaria United story. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it sound bad, but like I I do I don't mean like I don't like the main magic story. I just mean like it is a it different is, flavor and it comes at an yeah. entirely different pace.
1: Like even if we're going mm-hmm. even if we're only talking about the world in which we currently live, which um, may change <laughs> based mm-hmm. on dominar united or may not change but it's like we get the set story dumped within usually a week's worth of time span it's usually like a thursday to a wednesday mm-hmm. or something along those lines as of the last few sets that is um fun for us because <laughs> we get to read the story mm-hmm. all at once but it also results in even greater gaps in between the story and while there are supplementary legends articles and similar stuff that can fill those gaps like this is something that people look forward to every month and Mm -hmm. it really like cannot emphasize enough it hasn't missed like a actual release day noticeably in quite a while
0: so people just enjoy reading this um Anyways, uh, quick final thoughts, because we've talked about these comics way too much. Um, My final thought is that it is too damn hot. It is like in the 90s, high 90s, every day in Georgia. I am dying. I do not want to leave my apartment. I am moving in two weeks, and I'm not looking forward to uh, having to move if this weather maintains. Uh, Like, I got excited when I saw that it was only a high of 90 on Wednesday next week or no Sunday I was like oh it's Sunday it'll be a high of 90 and I was like so excited and I was like oh my god that's so sad
1: yeah I am somebody who dished out a thousand dollars for my AC um, condenser question mark Uh, car part part that makes AC go good Um, (laughs) to get that fixed and that was um, not fun but at the same time if it is between that and sweating to death in my car um, I will happily dish out a thousand dollars for my AC to be fixed because also um, cars just have insane value right now, so that's that's perfectly fine. My final yeah. thought is: Oh, did you have anything to finish up? i will sorry.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say like I'm moving into a house uh, and the AC works and it's functional, but I'm already like prepared like if we move in and the AC is not like. Keeping up with our needs in this weather, I swear to God, I will shell out however much money is demanded of me to get the AC to the point where I can keep it a nice, cool, like, 73 degrees in the house at all times. Because it is ungodly outside. Like, the heat index of, like, 111. Yeah. Like, it is unbearable.
1: Yeah. It's about here. We're in, I'm I'm in Ohio. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. And it's still ninety two 100 right now. So... Um, suffering and pumping AC and my upstairs where I recurred is not the most circulated area of the house but it um, suffices and I'm right next to the AC vent which isn't great for audio but keeps me cool. (laughs) (laughs) I edited it out. It's fine. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's background noise enough consistently that I don't feel bad during the summers. My final thought is that My final thought will be Magic Magic Comics good, Magic Games good. I hope that they genuinely put a little more care and thought into their attempts in the future. But like Magic Boom Comics has been the perfect, um, as close to perfect execution of anything in the past decade. And I just want to see more stuff like it and i'm excited that so many spin-offs are being produced because i don't think they really do single or um, three or four issue spin-offs for <laughs> for comic series that are unpopular but yeah in lieu of and lieu of, um having a card physically come with my comic i will happily take buying a secret lair that is that is all
0: I feel like maybe the success of the comics also comes from the fact that I am buying like three issues every time. We're artificially out. inflating the value because we refuse <laughs> oh, to buy yeah. a single digital copy
1: for our cast account, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am a, you know, they they've even sent us preview comics before and we st- I still bought them. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm still I'm still paying I have like three copies of the Hidden Planeswalker number one, and I think we got an early review access of it and I still read all three copies in yeah. print um anyways uh yeah uh, i think that's uh that's gonna be the end of our podcast so uh if you want to gush about oh shoot yeah we have to do a whole plug oh my god! if you want to
1: gush about any magic the gathering comics or video games be it battle mage or magic legends or any of the armada comics i guess um i don't know i like talking about those things and I, I like dragging Jay into the conversations and forcing him to clarify uh, 28-year-old canon pieces. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you like having those discussions, come to patreon.com slash Cast and join the Discord tier at $1 a month, right?
0: Yeah, just $1 a month. Just $1, That's $1 like- a month.
1: That is that is quite One literally $1 per month that you would have to give to our <laughs> podcast, um, to be able to have fun chat with us and um, talk about talk about these comics when they're revealed in very, very big sp- spoiler-blocked texts because everybody's oh, yeah. afraid of stepping on each other's toes. Uh, and I, I have been that person who has walked into the conversations and seen some um, spoilery text so I appreciate it. But also, uh, yeah, those are monumentous days, so
0: stop by. We're also... We're also talking Double Masters to Electric Boogaloo previews right now. So uh, we're, we're talking about those. I, I Chris, don't we're particularly... not talking about
1: the cards. We only talk about the stories and the games and the comics and <laughs> things that Carrie pays attention to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I suppose there are cards that exist, too, and they have some fun flavor text. So talk about those, too.
0: Yeah. And then uh, $3 a month, you get our live listen tier where you can listen to us talk forever. We've been talking for a very long time about Magic Comics, and I'm probably going to talk about it more uh, once we're done. So you can listen to us live. We record every Thursday, uh, usually around, like, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, Uh, and we we do the whole thing here for our live listeners, so they get access to the podcast a few days early. So if you're interested in that, it's $3 a month, so, like, it's really cheap. That's less than a a price of a Boom comic every month, (laughs) so... Uh, If you want to throw us some cash, we appreciate it. You also get first dibs on our playmat and also, uh, you know, any other things we might ever do. Um, So join our Patreon, patreon.com slash thevorthoscast. Uh, But until next week, when hopefully Jay and Ellie will be here and not just Cristolano, uh, because that's who I've been this entire time. Are you sure? Uh, Am I? Oh, no. Until next week. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos cast.
1: I should have checked the icon.